All right, please open your Bibles to John chapter 5. We finished up with John chapter 4, and we saw the Samaritan woman's reaction to meeting Jesus. We talked about how she left her water pot and went back to the city and told the men about her encounter with the Messiah. The men of Samaria, as a result of the woman's testimony, went out of the city and had their own encounter with Jesus. The woman's testimony about Jesus had pointed them to Jesus, but they then went out and met him for themselves and made their faith in him their own. They came to know him personally. And we talked about how our lives are testimonies that can influence others, but it will be the word of God that changes their hearts. None of us can come to faith in Jesus Christ off of someone else's faith. We can't ride on the coattail. Then we saw toward the end of chapter 4, a nobleman from the town of Capernaum come to Jesus and plead with him for the health of his child. We studied how this man was very persistent, and Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. The man then believed the words of Jesus, and he went on his way. The man's son was indeed healed, and we talked about the power of of the word of the Lord. This man had a desperate need, and he believed that the words of Jesus would make everything better. His faith in Jesus was strong, and we saw how he didn't wait to see the result of the sign to believe. He believed, and then he found out the result. And we also studied how this was the second sign that Jesus performed in Galilee. The first sign that Jesus did in Galilee was at a family celebration. He was invited to a wedding and he turned water into wine. The second sign that Jesus did in Galilee was at a time of family devastation. A child was sick, like we talked about. A man's son was dying. And we talked about how, excuse me, no matter the circumstances of our lives, whatever the circumstances may be, Jesus is the one to trust in. Whether we are celebrating or we are devastated, He is the God of all comfort, and He is with us always. So, with that recap, we'll go ahead and pick it up now in verse 1 of chapter 5, where it says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, now, no one is really clear on which feast this was. But most believe it was the Feast of Pentecost because Pentecost was the celebration of the giving of the law. And that would tie into the message of this chapter because we're going to see as we go along in this chapter that a law was about to be broken and this would cause an uproar in the city. Verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, and then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now the sheep gate was a gate through which people would bring their sacrifices into Jerusalem. So here again, we are seeing a picture being painted for us in regards to the law. 
Bringing sacrifices to Jerusalem was something you did by law. And right next to this sheep gate is this pole. And all around the pole was five porches, and these five porches were full of sick people. And it says there in verse 3 that they were blind, lame, and paralyzed, and they were waiting for the moving of the water. How many people today are in that condition spiritually? Spiritually blind, lame, and paralyzed, needing God's word to move on their hearts. You know, these sick people at the pool of Bethesda had a cover over their head physically. The place where they were laying were covered porches. They were sheltered from the rain and the sun. And as I thought about that, it came to my mind that many people think that they are covered by religion. They believe that if their good outweighs their bad, they will be accepted by God. But the fact of the matter is they need the moving of the water. They need that living water to move within them like Jesus told the woman at the well that she needed. Today, spiritually, many are blind. They can't see the truth. Many are lame and can't walk upright. They are paralyzed and they can't reach out to others. Jesus is the only one that can cure this disease. Let's read on. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Now, this question may seem a bit ridiculous. The man had an infirmity for 38 years, and he's lying at the pool of Bethesda. You would think, of course, he wants to be made well. But remember, we've seen in our studies thus far that Jesus looks within us. He looked deep within the woman at the well, and he pointed her sin out to her. And as he looks at this man, he is questioning that which is inside of him. You would think that the man would immediately answer, Yes, I want to be healed. But instead, the man gave all the reasons why he couldn't be healed. Verse 7, the sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. So just like the woman at the well, this man has no idea who it is that is speaking to him, and he just speaks forth all the reasons why he hasn't been healed. And you know, the same holds true for many today. Many say things like, I'm not becoming a Christian because they're all hypocrites. Or they say things like, after I get my life in order, then I'll come to Jesus. Excuses, excuses, excuses. And you know, sometimes people just don't want to be made well. They don't want things to change. No matter how bad their current situation is, at least they are familiar with it. And they love their sin. They love what they're doing. And spiritually speaking, sometimes we can be more comfortable in our present misery than in taking the steps we need to take to be made well. But the Word of God has power 
to change a life. And as Jesus is God in the flesh, he simply says these words to this man in verse 8. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. You see, it's a whole different story when Jesus speaks to someone. You can try to convince people that they need to go to church or they need to change their ways, but the real solution is that they need to hear from the Word of God. When God speaks directly to their hearts and says, Rise, take up your bed and walk, that's when true healing comes. These people lying by the pool thought that the pool was their cure. But the fact of the matter is that the disease is far more than physical. The problem for the man by the pool was not that he didn't have a man to put him in the water. The problem was that he had not yet met the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. Once Jesus spoke into this man's life, then the change took place. And Jesus desires to speak into all of our lives today, but he does it through his word. And he doesn't force himself on mankind. The choice is ours if we want to be made well. Verse 9, And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. You know, something interesting took place here. When Jesus healed this man, he didn't do it in a way that he did in other cases. For example, he did not say to the man, your faith has made you whole. The man had no faith. His his heart was in complete despair. No matter how hard he tried, he could never get to the water on time. You see, the man was in a competition. It was survival of the fittest. Kind of funny to think about that because everyone around the pool was lame, but Jesus didn't help this man get into the water, did he? He simply removed the man from the competition. He said, get up, get out of here, hit the road, Jack. I don't know if that's what he said, but I'm expounding a little bit here from my own mind. So here again, stick to the word of God. But be first, be the best, fight for your rights. That's what the world tells us today, don't they? Be first, be the best, fight for your rights. But Jesus says to us, you're lame. But if you obey my word, you'll be able to walk upright. We don't need to be lying around in this world waiting for our big moment. Oh, if we could just win the lottery, boy, how we could serve the Lord. But you see, we have been healed of a great disease. Sin blinded us and made us lame and paralyzed. But in Christ, we can walk and we need to get up and go serve the Lord. Tell others of his love. And this man was now healed. And he took up his bed and he walked. And we are now about to see the official beginning of the persecution of Jesus. He had healed a man on the Sabbath. The law stated that you could not carry a burden or a load on the Sabbath day. 
it would be considered work. This man, after he was healed, picked up his bed and walked away. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Here we see man-made religion and tradition condemning the work of God. They didn't care that Scripture was being fulfilled right before their eyes because Isaiah prophesied that this kind of thing would take place. Turn to Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah is in your Old Testament, right before the book of Jeremiah, and right after the book of Song of Solomon. Isaiah chapter 35. And we'll begin reading in verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with a recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And flipping back to John chapter 5, Jesus was their answer. The Messiah had come. The scriptures prophesied of him, and he was right before their eyes, but they were too focused on their religious traditions. And they wanted to know why this man was carrying his bed. Verse 11 of John chapter 5. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said this to you? Take up your bed and walk. But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. So Jesus didn't make a big scene here. He didn't draw any attention to himself. He healed the man and withdrew himself. But the man was healed and he didn't know Jesus. You see that? It is very possible for a person to see miracles and to not know Jesus. But Jesus, in his grace and mercy, had more to do in this man. He had more to do within the heart of this man. So he made an effort to go and find him again. Verse 14. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You see, this man, after he was healed, he didn't go out and buy a bicycle and start living the good life. He went to the temple. And Jesus met him there. And you know, he'll meet us there as well. When we make an effort to praise God and to give thanks to him, Jesus meets us there. And we don't know what it was that caused this man's infirmity in the first place, but whatever it was, Jesus gives him a firm warning to start living right. It's easy sometimes for people 
whose lives um, have been touched by God to go right back to living how they once did. In my years of ministering to teenagers, I, I've had uh, conversations with some of them that have made bad decisions and have gotten into trouble. I've pulled them aside and I've shared with them that it's by grace that they are getting a second chance. But some did not heed the warnings and they went right back to the way they wanted to live. And this disease is not limited to youth or to teenagers. Today, many adults make foolish decisions and they walk away from the truth of God's word. The story continues on here in verse 15. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. You know, these Jews are now going to go after Jesus and proclaim that he broke their law. But the law said that you couldn't carry a burden. The man that was healed was the one carrying his bed, but these Jews were now out to get Jesus. The man that was lame received no punishment for the persecution was now beginning for Jesus. And for you and me today, Jesus took the punishment, but we were made well. Verse 16, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him. Because he had done these things on the Sabbath, But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. You see, they came after Jesus with a desire to kill him, all because he didn't keep with their traditions. And what was the response of Jesus? He said, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. So Jesus was pointing out that God was working on the Sabbath, and so was he. By Jesus healing the man on the Sabbath, God was working. I want us to look at just one more scripture. Turn up a few chapters to chapter 9 of the Gospel of John. Chapter 9, John chapter 9. Jesus speaking in verse 4 said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. You see, Jesus is all about working in the hearts of people. And the fact that he healed this lame man on the Sabbath made no difference to him. Religion does not define the work of God. God works when he wants and how he wants. God is not concerned with man-made traditions or religion. When Jesus worked in the heart of the woman at the well, it didn't matter to him that she didn't worship where the Jews worshiped. It didn't matter that his disciples saw him speaking with a Samaritan woman. And it doesn't matter where you are or where you've been or what condition you're in. Jesus desires to work in your hearts, in all of our hearts. Do you ever feel lame, paralyzed, blind, 
not seeing God's will for your life? Maybe the Lord is saying, rise, take up your bed and walk. No one is going to carry you. Don't wait for man's help. The lame man had to make a choice. He could have obeyed the word of the Lord, or or he could have stuck with making excuses as to why he was where he was. Being lame is not a sin. We all feel that way from time to time. But in those times, we must realize that obeying the word of the Lord is the answer. You know, Corey Tinboom, she was a survivor of the Holocaust. And she helped many Jews escape from the Nazis during World War II. And she is quoted as saying, You will never discover Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. I want to read that to you again. You will never discover Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. And like this lame man, each and every one of us needs not the help of man, but rather the words of the Lord. Jesus is all we need. Let's look at a couple more scriptures before we close today. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament, right after Isaiah and right before Lamentations. And um, let's go to chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2. And we're going to go down and read verse 13. It says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that, that can hold no water. You see, God's talking to his people here in this verse, and they have turned their backs on the fountain of living waters. This means that our only source of life-giving water is God's word. And then to top it off, it says we make our own source of water containers that are broken and don't hold water. When you look for man's help and, and you don't turn to God, then it's possible to remain lame for many years. But when you turn to the Word of God, you get the strength you need to rise up and walk. Let's turn back to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and let's look at verses 1 through 3. John, chapter 15. Beginning in verse 1, I'll give you just a couple more seconds to get there. John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. 
There it is. God's Word. It's the only thing that makes us clean. It's the only thing that makes us whole. Ephesians chapter 5. Go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter 5, to the right of where you are in John 15. You'll find it right after the book of Galatians and right before the book of Philippians. Ephesians chapter 5, um, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. You see, as believers in Jesus, we are his church. He showed his love for us by dying for us. He then sanctifies and cleanses us by his word. When we abide in his word, we are no longer spiritually blind. We see clearly. We are no longer spiritually lame. We have strength. And we are no longer spiritually paralyzed because His Holy Spirit empowers us to rise and walk. And like this man that once laid by the pool of Bethesda, we can rise up and go to the temple and praise Him. When Jesus healed this man, He didn't know who Jesus was. We know who he is because we have his word, our Bibles. Don't wait for man's help. You'll just end up sitting still for 38 years or more. Seek God by studying his word. That is the only way that you and me are able to rise, take up our beds, and walk. God bless, guys. Study the Word.